Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Manchester Is Red podcast here by the Manchester Evening News. I am Ash Barami and on this episode I caught up with former Manchester United and England under-21 international Luke Chadwick. The Cambridge-born winger joined United as a youth team player back in 1997 and was part of the Premier League winning side of 2001, as well as featuring in a Champions League quarter-final against Bayern Munich. We caught up with Luke to reflect on his time at United, what life was like as a youngster playing alongside so many United greats and what he's up to now. So Luke, you moved to Manchester in the 90s, you were obviously a young boy at the time. I just want to know how that move obviously came about and what the interest was from United and maybe any assurances you kind of had by the coaching staff at the time. And when it came about, I was playing for the Cambridge school team in um, like area games and scoring a lot of goals. And that's when Man United come down to watch me play probably as a 14, 15 year old. And I went, got invited up to go on trial up there. We went and stayed at the Castlefield Hotel in Manchester, played a game, I think, against Nottingham Forest at Littleton Road. And I went, got the train home. By the time I got home, my mum had had a call from Sir Alex Ferguson saying they wanted me to sign as a schoolboy. And ever since she told me that and got that call, there was only one place I was going to sign, really. So I, sat, I used to um, travel up to Manchester on the weekend while I was still at school. And then when I finished school at 16, I moved up there and stayed in gigs. And from then on, I was a full-time player there. Obviously, it was quite a daunting thing to start with, to go up and train at the cliff every day, obviously being around the big stars. But it was um, an incredible life experience. Yeah, so you, you said, obviously, Sir Alex called, called your mother personally about about that deal. Did you did you speak to him? Did he come to you as well? Was the manager involved in the deal at the time? Because you always kind of assume that when a young player joins a club at a time, it's almost like the youth development team that maybe, or the directors or whatever, that maybe sort the deal out. But obviously it sounds like he personally wanted you to join the club. Yeah, and I think that's why Manchester United was so different to any other club probably in the world, really. But the fact that the, the manager was so involved in everything and took such a massive interest in everything, it weren't just me that would go to the trouble of phoning my mum up and asking me to sign. I think it was every player there. He was... Um, an incredible man. I remember even being there when I was in and around the first team at times, the academy boys had come in like under nines, under ten players and with, without the exception of any, you'd know every single player's name and take the time to have a conversation with them, have a chat with them and really take an interest in them. I think that's where Manchester United was so far ahead of any other club and why, why every of the best young players in the country all signed for Man United because of the personal touch and the fact that the manager of the first team would go out go out his way to make you feel welcome and personally ask you to sign for the club. Yeah, and I mean, you really broke into the first team. I remember the 2000-2001 season, you obviously featured in almost half the league games in the, in the league title winning season. What was that like for you personally? I mean, you trained, you had obviously been training daily with the likes of obviously Roy Keane, David Beckham, all them other stars. What did you, what, what was that like for you? I mean, you, you're obviously around, even now we'll look back and say that's probably the one of the greatest group of players that have come, come through in English football. So what was that like for you personally? I mean, daily training with them. Yeah, it was incredible. Like, obviously, it's an incredible feeling. It was 
also quite daunting. Obviously, I'd come back on loan. I'd been on loan out in Antwerp, and when I got called back, I was sort of so straight in training with the first team. It was obviously like every day I was nervous as anything to go in and be amongst these world-class players. And at the same time, it was so intense. Like you say, I made a few appearances that season, but not all that. Most of them would have been coming off the bench for little parts of the game. But I remember at the end of that season, I was just mentally and physically exhausted the fact that I trained every day with these world-class players. It was such um, an intense environment. Every training session was so hard and physical and it was, they certainly trained how they played that group of players, which made them so successful at times. The training was probably harder than the actual games you're playing because it was a, a group of the best players in the country all pushing each other every single day and there was no there was never any let up there was never any easy days every day was proper training and uh, proper intensity that was physically and tough for someone like me like a young player coming through but at the same time what an incredible upbringing into football to be around that yeah and in terms of coming through as a youngster at Manchester United at the time before before you obviously it would have been the likes of the class of 92 coming through so in terms of almost like succeeding a group of young players to come through and into that first team it, it doesn't get more difficult than that does it? Yeah I think obviously it's hard I went out even when I signed for Man United I never really believed that I'd ever play in the first team for the club but it was such an incredible opportunity so to have done that is obviously amazing but I think at the same time you're saying that it's hard I think the fact that all them incredible players come through together gave all the, the young players underneath that that belief and seeing that if you do do well you will get your chance at the club so I think they were the ones that really paved the way and give the younger players like myself that had the odd game there and the other lads that come through after that belief that it can be done because these lads have, have done it and all at the same time as well yeah, I mean, we always hear as well about, about the cliche of I mean, hard work brings you success. What was that like at United at the time when you were training with these great players? Was that was that dedication as much as it was talent? Or how, how did you how did you see that? And maybe how dedicated were the players around you at the time? Yeah, obviously I've sort of played at a lot of other clubs throughout my career, but nothing like Man United. Like it was bored and it was that obsession to improve. I don't think the talent will only take you so far. It was the sort of, work ethic and dedication to improve that every single one of them players shown that kept them at the top of the game for so long. It was um, an incredible environment to be part of and to see the likes of David Beckham who do so many extra training to he'll just see what he does on the telly with the free kicks and the crosses. It took hours and hours of dedication to do that. How hard Roy Keane had worked himself into the ground every single day in training so he could do it in every match. They pull sure I could go on the list goes on with all of them really. It was that dedication that they had to improve themselves and to improve the team that kept them at the top of the at the top of the league and winning all them titles for so long yeah when you started training with that with the first team I mean were they welcoming to you or was it like just a case of you're gonna you're gonna see what it's like training with us no they're hugely well hugely supportive to, to every young player that comes in and I think that's the environment that Sir Alex Ferguson built it was one big family, the second you step into, or at the time, that you stepped into Man United, even me as a 14-year-old trialist, you still feel like you're part of something and part of the family. And I think that is the incredible thing about the club, of how welcome it does make everyone feel, whether it's a 14-year-old boy or a £20 million new signing, everyone feel, made to feel part of it, really. At the same time, the standards that are expected there, if you're not at them standards, you're certainly told in no uncertain terms by the players during them training sessions, which sort of sort of sink or swim. You can either live with it or you sort of slip away. 
when you're when you're a young player there, I mean, you, you touch. I've known I know in other interviews you've touched on like mental health and things that's issues like that. Does the enjoyment almost come out of it when you? When, I mean, you said earlier that you did feel you did feel the pressure. Where did that pressure come from? Was it from maybe the expectation that was put on you? Because I know there was there was there was hype obviously around you as a young player. It would it was coming up just after the class of nine two. So any young player obviously coming through would be like would be almost highly very highly rated. So where where did that where did that come from? for you? Um, I think the, the thing that I weren't particularly comfortable, I love obviously playing football and playing football as a club. I weren't really comfortable with, I don't know, maybe being famous or people knowing who I was. That was maybe where the pressure comes from me. It weren't really expectations put on me, I don't think. I think you possibly feel that more as you get older in, in your career. As a young player, I don't think you really have that much fear. You're just sort of part of it and sort of trying to enjoy the, the ride. I don't think you're in my experience, anyway, I didn't really feel huge pressure then, but I was never really comfortable with sort of going to the Trafford Centre and people knowing who I was, that sort of thing. I was from a little um, village in Cambridge where not much really happened. So I think that was what I found the, the biggest challenge and weren't ever particularly comfortable with having that, really. Yeah. Did you feel you could break in, into the first team on a week-in, week-out basis for United at any point? Or, I mean, you you obviously on the right side. You, the competition you were up against was obviously David Beckham at the time. And do you think, do you feel that you, you, you could have? Or is it, was it, was what was your mindset at the time? I mean, you did, you did play half a season. You appeared in the Champions League quarterfinal. You obviously scored a couple of goals as well. Yeah, I think like when I was really around it and involved all the time and you think it made like I think I was never thinking I'm going to be in the team ahead of David Beckham or I'm going to be in the team of, ahead of Ryan Giggs long term. But you never knew if potentially they could move on and if you're still doing well, you might get a run in the team and be that choice there. I think, I wouldn't say I ever really truly believed that I would be a regular at Man United in, in the team. I think I was happy to sort of be, I thought I felt so privileged and lucky to be in around it. And at the the end of the season, I think, where I played a lot of games, I ended up having an operation on my groin where my whole game was built around being a really fast runner and being able to run with a ball. When I come back from that injury, I never really had that same turn of pace. It was my main strength. So after that, then I, it just playing got further and further away from me and I just felt myself slipping away from the standards and what was needed to play regularly for a club like Man United. Yeah, that that Premier League winners medal. Do you, do you still is it still you kept that somewhere safe? Do you do you ever look at stuff like that? Do you ever look back on your your time in in football? I, mean, I know you got promotion elsewhere back in your hometown, and but do you still look at maybe the the medal that you did, the Premier League winners medal that you did get at United? Yeah, I, I always think like, I'm unbelievably fortunate to be in a position where I've got obviously a lot of people that are a lot better players than me. That's for sure. I've not won that uh, medal, but. I don't know, I just, it's not, obviously I'll keep it, it's still in the house and that sort of thing. It's yeah. something that I'll be able to tell the grandkids about. But I wouldn't say it's more the memories of a whole of being a footballer, more than just sort of winning or being part of that squad that won that trophy. Don't get me wrong, it's incredible to be able to say I've got a Premier League winner's medal. But I think I was never, even if I weren't in that squad, I'm pretty sure the, the team still would have won that the, the league that year. So I don't feel a huge part of it, but like I say, incredibly fortunate. 
before you did leave, obviously in 2004, you, you had a few loan spells at, at various different clubs. And what what was came about? I mean, did you know by that stage, did you know that your time at United was up when you were going out on loan in Haven there? Or what was like the situation with you and United to come to the decision at the end there? Yeah, I think as soon as I went on loan, I think Reading was the first place I know and I was sort of knew that there weren't going to be an opportunity at Man United, but the club were always absolutely brilliant with me. The fact that the manager always be completely honest and say, look, I don't think Tim could come back from the problems that you've had, that you're not possibly the same player, but I still believe that I could have a career in the game. So they helped me loads, obviously going on the loans and sort of getting myself out there, playing at a slightly lower level of football, but still staying in the game. I think from the, the time I went to uh, Reading and then Burnley, it was, I, was, I don't think I was, there was ever that much opportunity of getting back into the first team squad. But like I say, the club looked after me fantastically well throughout that time. Yeah. Do, do you feel a bit for the young the young players coming through at United now? I mean, I mean, there's a lot of young players now who were given the first team chance, but in terms of expectation and pressure, you, which you referred to earlier, do you and these young players now are coming in, they're playing every week under the microscope at United. Do you feel a bit for them? Yeah, I'll be in a certain extent, know how they feel. I think the trouble that they've got, well, not trouble, but the, the big massive challenge for them is they probably haven't got the same players around them that the likes of myself and the other young players that come through at my time were fortunate enough to have. And obviously they're going, despite the fact that the team's not as strong now, Man United is still probably the biggest club in the world and that huge expectations on them. And then maybe it, it is tougher for them because they haven't got that same quality of player to play with. But at the same time, it gives them the opportunity to be the main man like Marcus Rashford did at the moment. What an incredible few months he's had. So I have got empathy for them, but I don't think in football there's that much sympathy for a lad that's playing for Man United because it is an incredible opportunity. I always look at clubs now with in terms of captaincy and I always, I always see clubs maybe have like three, four different captains. Obviously, when you were in the first team, it would have been, it would have been Roy Keane and various other leaders. But how important is it when, you, when you're a young player coming through to have, I mean, if you're an 18-year-old, to have that person in, in the mid-20s, late-20s who've won things and who are setting their example, how important is it to have that? Yeah, I'd say that that is potentially the most important thing because they're the ones that set all the standards. If you're a young player coming through a, a smaller club or a, a lower league club, you probably don't have that. And then you sort of move on to be what your peers are like. So at Man United, if the players are incredible people, not just incredible players, but incredible people as well, you tend, tend to aspire to be like the, the older players or the leaders in the group. So how important is it? I think to be successful, it's one of the most important things to have them role models throughout the squad. Yeah, and do you still watch much of United as of today? Yeah, so obviously still watch. I've got two little lads myself who are football mad, so whenever they're on the telly, we watch it. Yeah. Religiously, really, the Premier League games, we watched the game against Tottenham the other night where Man United got a, a good result. So it's been a real tough few years for them since the, since the manager left, but hopefully with Ollie in charge now, we'll obviously learn his trade from working with Sir Alex could possibly, hopefully, bring a good time back, although he's had a bit of a tough spell recently yeah I mean you touched on Ollie there I mean you you shed, you shed a change in room with him occasionally what was it like playing with him what was he like as, as a character and as a person he was an amazing player like a real great guy he'd always go out his way to, to speak to you and make you feel 
or ask you questions, ask you how you are, that sort of thing. He's a really lovely lad. But he was um, an incredible trainer where like I said about David Beck, I think Ollie would have been the best finisher at the whole club, which is a lot to say considering a lot of the players that were there. But he was really so dedicated to his profession and so professional. Obviously, he had that tag of a super sub for a long time and having that focus to come on, not start as many games as some of the other guys that still have that incredible goal-scoring record. He was... Um, I'm not sure if at the time you saw him with someone like Roy Keane, who was a real leader he could potentially see going on to be a, a manager, but he's obviously manager of the biggest club in the world right now. So good luck to him. Yeah. What, what was it like training with Roy Keane as well? I've heard I've heard stories about people saying like from within the club that he's a completely different person on the inside as to what maybe the the public perception of him is. But he was obviously your would have been your captain at the time. But what was what was it like working with him? Uh, Roy Keane was. And amazing, like, without a shadow of a doubt, obviously, I haven't played under that many amazing captains, but far and away the best. He was, he would go out his way to look after young players, times where I couldn't drive and he'd go out his way to pick me up from his flat in sale and take me to train. And he was, um, he'd really look after the whole squad and make sure everything was done right. At the same time, his standards were incredibly high so if you were dropping short of where he saw what the standards of Man United could be he'd tell you in no uncertain terms he was a tough man to please on the training pitch and sometimes he'd rather be against his team than on his team because he'd make sure you knew that he expected his team to win every game and that sort of thing which really raised the standards he was a a huge part of what that the success at that time Man United was all about. Yeah, would you be your best player you've played with, or I mean, what? Where do you stand on, on stuff like that? Do you do you have a be- best player you played with? Best you? player I've played with, and I think I'm most fair to say this is in terms of pure football and ability would be Paul Scholes. I'm pretty sure. I think everyone says it that ever had the they were fortunate enough to play with him and anything to just do everything. And despite the standard that was there, some of the world's best players. Paul Stoll's really stood out a little bit. He could just do everything. It's like he had eyes in the back of his head. He could just run a training session by just playing off one touch. He was just always a little bit... He could just see things a little bit quicker than everyone else, which is saying a lot considering he played with some of the world's best at the time. It's a strange one with Scholes because, I mean... Now when people look back, and I, I agree that Scholes was obviously, he was one of the best ever, but the thing with Scholes was I always see on social media a lot of people, I don't know if you see it yourself on Twitter or anything, but people always look at Player of the Year awards, that sort of thing, and I suppose the role he played at United was it was almost like an underrated role, really, wasn't it, when you look at the players that were around him who would take would take the limelight most of the time. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, like, I, I see that. I think it's just the fact, I think... Like just seeing him every day in training and that sort of thing, it was just always one step ahead. I think he sort of never maybe had played out of position a lot of the time in his England days when off in my opinion he was probably the country's outstanding player throughout that golden generation where possibly with someone different in charge if the team was built around Paul Scholes like at times it was at Man United with Sir Alex, they England could have had excuse me, maybe a little bit more success in in major tournaments. Yeah, and in your career, you went to play for 10 clubs in total before before you went back to Cambridge. And I'm going to touch on the FA Cup fixture in, in, a, in a minute, but when you, le- when you left United and you went to these different clubs, how did day-to-day life compare from there? I mean, in terms of like the pressure, the training, the expectation, you touched on earlier about how it, it, the expectation, you didn't like the fame that came with it. But do you think when you went elsewhere, that just, that, that died down and maybe your enjoyment almost came back? Yeah, I think I... After even leaving United, you know, it took me a fair few 
sort of years to adapt my game to play in a way that I could be effective. Like I say, when I lost or didn't weren't as fast as what my main strength was, it took time and that was tough to sort of change the way you play. But I always, all I ever wanted to do was play football. So I was fortunate enough to have quite a long career. Sort of absolutely loved it. It was um, obviously the pressure is not at high at the other clubs in terms of Man United, but you do sort of have a bit more pressure as you get older. Is obviously, you don't get paid the same sort of money as you get paid at Man United, so you've got that pressure of sort of staying fit to be able to pay your bills at the end of the month and that sort of thing. But I was, um, I wouldn't change anything. I think all the injuries and whatnot that I had throughout my career sort of made me the person I am today and made me maybe a stronger person and all stuff like that. But in terms of the pressure, I, I think um, it, it obviously is slightly less at smaller clubs than what you get at Manchester United. I don't know. I don't know if you knew this at the time, but there were football games at the time, almost like championship manager, where you were one of the more highly rated youngsters. And I guess the point I want to make is, when you were a young player at the time, was that something you were consciously aware of? Because I always think now, I think now that young players will know if they're highly rated because of social media and all that sort of thing. But at that time, were you aware of how highly rated you were? Um, I obviously knew that I was highly rated in the fact that I was playing for the Young England teams and playing for Man United. In terms of the championship manager, I didn't, I weren't really into all that sort of thing. Yeah. But I know people still um, mention it to me now, saying yeah. that I think I was one of the better younger players on there and I played for England and that sort of thing. So I didn't really know about it at the time, but, but I know, it's just one of them things. I don't think it really made much difference, really. I always think about that at the time because I mean I know now with social media every young player is going to know if, if they're good or not because they'll have maybe a thousand messages or tweets and stuff like that saying oh yeah you, you are you are great and everything but I think I always think at the time how what were people what were their perceptions of themselves at the time but no that was interesting you went back to obviously Cambridge in towards the later end of your career and in, in your last season there you obviously had that FA Cup tie with United not just one but but two games with them. That was almost like a fitting like swan song for you, wasn't it? To to go to have that game and obviously go back to Old Trafford in the replay, like almost 13, 14 years after after you'd left. Yeah, it was incredible. We walked in the draw at home and when it came out, like drew came United come out first, obviously was happy. It was a home draw but when Man United come out, it was unbelievable really. There was absolute scenes around the house, everyone shouting and <laughs> screaming. And then to um nick a draw against him at the Abbey was and the stadium was absolutely bouncing that night. It's the best I've ever seen the Abbey Stadium in Cambridge. And then to go back up and play at Old Trafford, and that ended up being the last game that I ever started as a professional footballer. It was um, oh. quite a fitting way to end to end my career, that's for sure. Yeah, and I mean, that would have been, correct me if I'm wrong, but that would have been the first time you went back to Old Trafford in 13 years. Would it have been as a player? Yeah, the first time. Never been back. And so to oh. go back on that pitch it was quite surreal really to obviously a place where I spent so much time as a kid not even as a YTS watching the games being played like we spend hours at Old Trafford so it was um, great to go back it changed quite a lot to be fair a lot, it seemed a lot bigger on the pitch and the pitch seemed a lot bigger but I don't know if that was I've got I've got a lot bloody older and I couldn't run around as much but it was um, a lovely a great fitting end to, to my football career when you did go back, obviously there would have been different places on the playing field, and maybe, maybe, but in terms of the back room when you went there, was there anyone that you maybe recognised? There was probably there was a kit man, I think um, 
Alex Wiley, he was still there from when I was there. Diggs, he was obviously, he was still there because he was helping. I think he was assistant to Van Hal yeah. at that time. And Rod Thornley was there. He was sort of there when I was there. So I think they were the only three people that were that were still there at the time. I saw Dave Bushler, he like the old, he was the guy that signed me. He was still working there as part of the school program there. So was, I saw a few old faces. When you look back on your career, I mean, you you had you had spells elsewhere, but what fills you with 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 pride the most? Would you say? I think the, what fills me with the most pride is obviously my time at Cambridge. I was obviously a Cambridge fan as a, as a kid, and it was almost always my dream to play there. And it was the fact that I sort of took it on myself. I knew I was sort of the legs were on their way out, so I contacted the club myself to go and play for them. And they had a real successful year or, or however long I was there. So that was probably the most pride I've got. Obviously, it was incredible to, to be at Man United. But I, I don't think you maybe appreciate things as much when you're a, a kid or a young man. You do as, you, as when you get older. Yeah, so finally, I mean, we want to get on to your retirement and what, what you're up to now, Luke. And you obviously retired in 2016 after a short spell at Somtown Rangers and you went back into coaching at Cambridge. Is that something you were passionate about from a young age? I mean, maybe growing up in the, growing up in the academy surrounded by elite players, passing on that knowledge after retirement? Um, not really. I don't think it was ever... It was as I started coming to the end of my career and I didn't really know what I was going to do with myself after that I sort of started thinking about going down that road. I never really had a great inclination to do it as a player. So I think as time goes on and you've got to find something to do at the end of your career, it's something I sort of fell into. But having started doing it, I did enjoy it and it's been a thoroughly enjoyable experience. Yeah, is that is that something you're... Are you still at Cambridge now? Am I, am I right in thinking or have you moved on? So I'm still at Cambridge just in a part-time capacity and at the same time I'm setting up with a couple of colleagues there a coaching company called the Football Fun Factory, which is completely different to the academy side of football, but it's just uh, trying to get more participation in football in sort of local, rural areas. Yeah, and I mean, f- and finally, I mean, I just want to touch on, if you obviously are a coach now, and what if you give one piece of advice to a young player now coming through, what what would that be to a youngster that's coming making their way through the ranks? I think the biggest thing for me is, the enjoyment of the game. I think you've got to, to have any sort of career in football. You've got to love what you do. So obviously, there's a lot of good times in football and bad times. And I think it's that how much that you actually love the game that sort of gets you through all, all of that, whether you're doing really well or struggling a bit at the time. It's just that enjoyment. And my biggest bit of advice is just learning to, to love the game, just playing how you do when you're a child in the school playground, when you just haven't got a care in the world. I think when it turns into a, a job, it, it sort of loses a bit of what it was all about when it first started for you. So I think the biggest bit of advice I give to all young players is you've got to love what you do. Do you think that's an issue as well with young, with young players? I mean, maybe they love it from a young age, then when they get to a professional environment, it's almost like sometimes they lose that, the love, what got them into it. I know I've seen um, David Bentley, who was obviously was at Arsenal, Tottenham and various other clubs. He said the love for the game for him just went and he obviously retired in his late 20s. Do you think that's a more common thing that than we actually think? Yeah, I think it's massive. I know it, at times as you, when you sort of come out into your, your scholarship years into a professional, it does it is your job. But I don't think you can really let it afford to let it turn into a job because then you get all the the worries and other stuff around it. How much so and so's earning? You want to be earning that amount? And like it all it boils down a little bit to that where that sort of just springs away from what like I just mentioned what you started doing it for because you love running around kicking a ball about. 
In terms of as well money as well, do you think that's that's a factor in in what maybe might lose people's appetite for the game and lose that enjoyment, or is that is that just a perk that you, you just it, it just has not to, nothing to do with the enjoyment factor? I think it all comes down to the the individual, really. If you look right at the top top end, something like Lionel Messi, who's obviously got a few quid in the bank, but he's still he's one that always looks like he's just playing in the playground. He loves having the ball and beating players. I think it, it comes down to the individual. I think in my experience, I got paid a fair bit of money from the age at the time at Man United, and maybe that took away a bit from what I did. What I loved best was playing football. Now I was just a young man who didn't know what to do with all this money. Perhaps it, it changes you a little bit at times if you not if you haven't got that right guidance or people around you. Yeah, thank you, Luke. Um, it was great. It was great to have you on. I know we had some issues last time with with uh, some of the recording setup. Thank you for calling me back. Anyway, it's a pleasure to talk no to you. No worries. All the best. Thanks, Luke. Thank you. No worries, too, mate.